Hey there, guys. My name is Samuel, and this is the Culture Vacuum Podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Calvin. Jesus, that was way too professional for you, Sam. <laughs> you actually, you gave your first name, you gave the name of the podcast, and you actually gave away my name. I think you've done three things you almost never do. Uh, I can confirm that I am Calvin. <laughs> Hello, Calvin. My name's Samuel. How are you today? <laughs> I'm starting to think the podcast might be a little too professional. <laughs> From your end, am I speaking? Hello, to the- Calvin. We're going to go around the circle. Oh, uh, when we get to you, I want you to give your name, mm-hmm. where you're from, and a fun fact about yourself. Okay, so we've got. The- I'll go ahead. I'll go first. Yeah. My name's Samuel. Mm. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, mm. and I love cats. This is far too genuine. <laughs> this, I, uh, I mean, yeah, we can we can play it this way, Sam. All right. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my name's Calvin. I am, uh, also from at- Atlanta, Georgia now, and I also love cats. <laughs> my uh, name's also Sam. Uh, we also have a, <laughs> you see, I'm putting on a, a professional voice because we have a sponsor today, actually. Holy shit. Our sponsor is the Apple card. The Apple card. Oh. Please let me have one. <laughs> Sam, do we need to go over what a sponsorship is and isn't again? <laughs> Calvin. Yeah. The the Apple card, you if you don't something. know, is a is a credit card. I know what it it's is. From Apple and Goldman Sachs. Okay. Uh, which will offer you three percent cash back on purchases made from Apple, mm-hmm. uh, including your like if you buy movies or your Apple Music subscription. Two yeah. percent uh, cash back anywhere you use Apple Pay. And 1% cash back anywhere you use the physical titanium Apple credit card. It's made of physical titanium? credit card. Titanium? Yes. Oh, man. That is some... And there's no number on the card. All the numbers are in the app on your phone. That's some superfluous It's a credit bullshit. card you can't use without your phone. That's amazing. That's just an extra yeah. step. And I want one, but they won't <laughs> let me have it because I only have one line of credit on my account currently. Uh-huh. Okay, I want to sympathize. Let's start out with that. I do want to sympathize with you, Sam. Your plight seems uh, one no man should have to struggle with, nor endure. Uh, that that being said, it sounds like you can kind of get by without this, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I'm I'm doing just fine. I just want yeah. one, Calvin. <laughs> I don't care. Give me twenty five percent APR and a five hundred dollar limit. I don't care. Give me the titanium card. That's all I want. Not a good deal for a card. That's all- <laughs> That's that's all I want. Okay. Well, no, I would pay it off at the end of the month, so it doesn't matter what the APR is. But yeah. <laughs> the APR only matters if you're going to be an idiot with your credit card. That's true. It only matters if by some, you know, fate of God that you, you can't pay off a certain amount by the end of the month, which will never happen to anyone. It's not like... So we're sponsored today by Apple... Wait, Apple Card? What is it called? Apple Card. The Apple the Card. The Apple Card. Let me have... Please let me is have one. Is that part of the sponsorship? <laughs> That is the sponsor. No, the sponsorship is I'm giving them a free sponsorship so that they will let me have an Apple Not card. Not sure if that's how it works. I think that's, I think that's a fair trade, Calvin. I don't. It doesn't even need to work. I just want the card. If it has just to put work, my if name you on it. Want the card, Sam. <laughs> no, I want the physical titanium card. Just send me a physical titanium card that doesn't. Isn't work this some shit you can sign it. up for? Isn't I, I, you're acting like this is some sort of special program? Don't. Are, isn't this public now? 
Yeah, anyone can get yeah. it, but I can't get it because I only have a car lease on my credit That's, report. And oh. they're like, we don't think you're going to pay your car lease off. It's like, I am paying It's it a off. very specific, you can't get this situation. Yeah, I need to open up another credit card that is more lenient so that I can put more credit accounts and pay those Oh, that'll, that'll, so that'll be worth will... it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll be worth it and necessary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 real dumb. It's like, oh, we we're not going to give you our credit card, so you have to get another credit card to sh- prove that you can have our credit well, card. Well, you you've convinced me, Sam. I have an Android phone, but as of this moment, I am I'm, I'm going full force with that Apple card. I'm sure I'll figure out a way to to make it work. You know. You have to buy a thousand dollar iPhone. Jesus. That's your step one. <laughs> okay, that's a bit. You know, that's a bit sharp, Sam. That stings a little bit, just a little. Uh, I'm gonna go see if I have the cash flow. I'll, I'll hit you up after this, and we'll set something up. Cool, yeah. Calvin. This is a podcast <laughs> where we talk about movies. Is it? <laughs> I ask myself that every week. I'm not. You got You're gonna have to convince me again that that's actually what we do on this. So today <laughs> we're gonna talk about two things that are about movies and tangentially related to movies. What, one I'm a lot more aware of. The other that I'm gonna be learning along with the audience and and providing colorful commentary. <laughs> yeah. So we talk about Disney a lot on the show in the news segment because they're the only company. <laughs> they're the only company, as we all know. The only one. It's not like any anything else is happening in the entertainment sector. There are two companies and. I just shilled for one of their credit cards. And, and Disney just bought them, <laughs> like, like a second ago. <laughs> I think Apple would have to buy Disney, because Apple has enough cash to buy Disney. In terms of like what, what socially people are aware of, though, I feel like the average person at this point thinks Disney's just buying everybody. Probably. Yeah. So Disney had their big uh, cult, sorry, conference, <laughs> uh, D23. Conference, that's the word. <laughs> Yes. Not like a grouping and... of people who are weirdly into one specific thing in an uncomfortable way that's probably not healthy, but just sort of like a, a, a conference to, to go over some new shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had two big keynotes. Uh, this, they had a movies keynote, and it was kind of – it was super lame. Like, they didn't make any noteworthy announcements, really. No. There's a Star Wars clips clip show that you can go check out what online it, like it's too star wars long. megalodon or something <laughs> what the fuck is it the the rise of skywalker no not i okay rise of wait oh fuck <laughs> as you said that i remembered okay you're absolutely right. oh you thought about the oh you're thinking of the mandalorian <laughs> yeah, the one, tv show <laughs> that's the one what did i say fucking megalodon megalodon <laughs> It's a megalodon. I have no fucking clue. I'm not a... I, people are always... They're, they're always like, hey, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Some people aren't into it. Some people just never... Listen, my my parents were immigrants. They got me Spider-Man 1, and that's it. That's all they knew. And that's all I knew growing up. That was your only... The only movie. That's the only movie I had was Spider-Man 1. That's the reason I am who I am today. Uh, that's the reason when I cry, I look like a fucking bitch. Because I'm, I'm, literally, I'm literally copying what Tobey Maguire looked like in those movies. Yeah. Anyways, uh, continue on with the Mandalorian. Oh, I got it. Did uh, I get we'll it? Get yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> no. So they did a movies panel. They didn't really announce much at it. So we're not going to talk about it. But they did a Disney Plus panel, mm-hmm. and that was actually very interesting. Like they showed a ton of stuff, and it basically affirmed everything I've been saying about Disney Plus, where they have a lot of family targeted content that for like kids. Like they have a movie about Santa's kids. 
trying to save Christmas. Oh, that sounds like a fun uh, romp. A live-action Lady and the Tramp remake. Oh, fuck. Uh, you know, at, at this point, I mean, we're not surprised. I can't wait for it to come out and somehow break every single record any movie has ever set before. And and then they're going to come it's all, out. Well, no, it's a Disney Plus exclusive, so it's not going to be in theaters. Oh, shit. That is different. Yeah. Okay. Are they banking on yeah. the fact that these remakes have just been doing so well that they think lit- people will literally change platforms in order to view them, which I don't think is the case. I don't, I don't know for sure. I think they saw how Pete's Dragon did, and this movie was already in production, and they so Pete's Dragon is another Disney movie that they remade, and the movie's all right, but it did not do very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a wake-up call for Disney is like, okay, people aren't going to see everything we do. They're only going to see the big stuff. Yeah. Like, we have a huge catalog. We want to remake a lot of it. But so I think Lady and the Tramp, they're like, this wasn't the biggest movie compared to, like, 101 Dalmatians. Sure. Or, which they, they're doing a prequel called Cruella with Emma Stone. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing uh, dies. There's no originality, Absolutely don't you not. know? What, remake everything. Why make anything original? Yeah, they're putting the Lady and the Tramp remake on Disney Plus, and they also announced they're bringing back Lizzie McGuire. <sighs> okay, in, in what way? As a as a new show like as, for kids? Yeah, as a new show for kids. She's thirty now. She's wait. They're bringing back Hillary Duff. Yeah, they're bringing Hillary Duff back oh. as Lizzie McGuire. Okay. Um. Um. Okay. So Lizzie McGuire. That was a show that showed on uh, Disney Channel for, for the youths. I used to watch it. And one thing I remember about it is that there are little segments with, like, a little cartoon character that's meant to be, like, her persona or something. Is that still yeah. happening? Do you know? I think so. I, I don't... I, I'm too lazy to look it up. Either Hillary Duff is coming back to play Lizzie McGuire or they're casting someone else as grown-up Lizzie McGuire and Hillary Duff is going to vote to voice the animated parts. Oh my god. That's Yeah. That it's everything. It's absolutely fucking everything. Like Yeah. And, anything can happen. We could have also... a, a, a what is it? Boy in the Middle? What was that show? Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. In the... <laughs> Malcolm Boy in Boy. the Middle. <laughs> oh god. I I need to make a game where like I I Photoshop Disney posters to have a few words missing and you have to guess what the words are. Fucking Christ! You, listen, I I know I don't know that much about Disney. <laughs> I feel like there's people who have this encyclopedic knowledge of everything they've made. For me, it's just a few words here and there. Star Wars, Megalodon, <laughs> fucking boy in the middle. It's it's that sort of shit. I think Malcolm in the Middle was a Nick show, so I don't think that's going to be coming back. Oh, that is no. It's a Disney one. Look it up. It probably I'm probably wrong. Don't look it up. <laughs> it's it's one of the two. Don't look it up. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm not that certain. <laughs> <laughs> uh so they're also bringing back Phineas and Ferb. Okay, that's one I actually liked. Wait, in what yeah. like sense is it going to be a cartoon again? Yeah, a cartoon show on Disney Plus. They're just making more of it. With the uh, same creators, do you know? Oh, I'm totally wrong. It was on Fox. <laughs> what? No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm in the Middle was on Fox. Oh, Malcolm in the Middle. I thought you meant Phineas and Ferb. I was like, I would have known that. Okay, mm-hmm. Malcolm. That was on Fox. Yeah. Christ. One. Okay. Man, my memory. That's that's like Bernstein Bears for me. I feel like I feel like the universe has shifted for that to be a reality. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're bringing back a bunch of kids shows and it's, it, it affirms what I've been saying for a while where they know every parent in America is going to sign up for this show for, for this service mm-hmm. because they have a gigantic back catalog, all the Disney classics, all the Pixar movies, um, all, every single Disney channel show is going to have a show on here. They aren't, when you look at where they're spending their money, they're in terms of kid friendly content they're either putting it in cheap cheap movies like noel uh like this noel movie where it's santa's kids or whatever um or or something like that the most expensive show it looks like they're making that's explicitly targeted at kids is called high school musical the musical the series oh my which is god a meta show where the school that high school musical was based off of never had high school musical as their theater production and the show is about the the theater kids who are who go to the school high school musical was based off of putting on a production of high school musical oh sam 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 did i break your brain i don't think what you said made sense and I know you, I know when you said it, you you probably thought this is this is something that someone can consume and understand. Okay, I'm gonna repeat it back to it's you. A, it, okay, it's a show, yeah, yes. where the yes. High School Musical High School never had High School Musical as a play. Which let me just correct one thing: well, High School Musical was never a play. What the fuck does that even mean? What do you mean it never had it as a no, so, as a play? Okay, so High School Musical is a musical that you can license to put on at your school in the real what? world. What they Dis- Disney sells the rights to put on a High School Musical theater production in high. What schools. does it have to do with the TV show? The show is just about a high school okay. putting on a production of High School Musical. Okay, what really? That's it. That's it. But the twist is, it takes place in the high school. That High School Musical was based off of. Um, Sam, this sounds, <clears throat> this sounds like it's going to be, okay, so, <laughs> so the show is, a, oh my god, the show is about a play based off of the movie High School Musical happening at the school where High School Musical was filmed in all the, and the same sets that, that High School Musical was filmed in? You got it. Holy shit. That's just High School Musical. At the end of the day, right? Appar- yeah, apparently... The, <laughs> With different people. The, the showrunners who spoke at Disney 23 okay. were very adamant about how meta it was. And they're like, we know how meta it is. So like, they're in on the joke, I guess. But What joke? It's really just about... If you've ever... I don't know if you were a theater kid, but Michael, uh, my friend, and uh, Will, my other friend, my best friends in the whole wide world, they are both theater kids. Okay. So it's about the drama that goes on putting on a production because theater kids love themselves some tea. Oh, my God. That, that, that sounds fantastic. That does not sound at all like what I thought it would be. Okay. I'm here for it, or at least to show it to some kid I know. So that's all the the kid targeted original programming that they're doing, sure. but like I said, they don't really they know they don't really need to invest too much in kid friendly original programming because mm-hmm. they already they, have it. Yeah, they're going to get all the parents to sign up for it. That's guaranteed income for them. They'll still make shows for they'll still make originals targeted at kids, 
but it's not gonna, I don't think it's going to be the focus of where their originals money goes. No. And it sounds They're, like a lot of, of them their, are just kind of continuations of shows they are already doing. The majority of their money appears to be going towards the nerd shit with Star Wars The Mandalorian. That's right. Where uh, you can watch the trailer for it now. It looks very cool. Mm-hmm. He's on his Mandalorian, I assume, which is a bike uh, or a tank of some he, sort. No, he... He is the Mandalorian. He... Mandalorian is a race of people. Oh, okay. Yeah, out of the loop, out one ear, into the other. So I do hear it. Do you know Boba Fett? I know who Boba Fett is. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah, so the Mandalorians, they're a group of, they're a, they're a race of people, and they all wear armor that looks like Boba Fett's. Okay. All right. Why is it the Mandalorian, then? Wouldn't there be others? Uh, there are a bunch of wars on Mandalore, so the the they're like kind of cast out like the planet sort of has a hole in it oh shit yeah that's not good for planets it's not it's not ideal from what i've seen all the mandalorians they're they're kind of like the jews they're a diaspora spread throughout the galaxy oh my god sam what (laughs) i gotta look up the word diaspora I don't know. I don't know if what you're trying to say is that they are immigrants or if you're trying to say they're like a disease or something. No, 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 no. Diaspora is a real word. No, I believe you. It's, just... the, it's it's specifically used. I'm Jewish, so I, I know. Oh, OK. It's specifically used to describe the Jews not being in Israel because we're all supposed to be in Israel, apparently. Oh, my God. Uh, I've been not worth it. Uh, I I will continue to be in the diaspora. <laughs> okay, all right. I feel I feel a little bit better now. Yeah, that's my choice. Mm-hmm. Sorry if uh, I thought if you thought I I said a slur. No, it it's fine. I honestly I just thought you had a description like a like an adjective or something. I didn't understand because I'm I'm not like smart or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, he knows words I don't know. He's a uh, he's a Jew. I mean a man uh, megalodon. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> A megalodon. <laughs> Let me see a fucking a Mustang, a Mandalorian. That's it. <laughs> All right, his planet's got a hole. He's real sad about it, so he's gonna go have a TV show. Yep, yeah, yeah. He's gonna d- hunt some bounties. All right, he's gonna hunt Nazis. He's super cool. Um, space. I mean, well, the Empire. It looks like he has like looks like he has a conflict with the with the Empire. What is cool is it takes place like five years after. Uh, uh, return of the Jedi. So the galaxy's in shambles as the New Republic tries to establish power, and he the show takes place in like the outskirts. So there's like there's no law at all. Oh shit! There's no space law. <laughs> there wasn't much law to begin with, from what I've seen in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, don't ask too many questions, Calvin. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, so he's out in the outskirts, and uh, he's he's taking bounties, and there's a shot in the trailer where he kicks a man through a door, and then he puts a rope on him and then he shoots the door and the door closes on the man and it's like one of those round butthole doors in Star Wars so it closes around him onto his waist and you assume he gets cut in half but they don't show it in the trailer. What's the show rated? Uh PG-13. Oh, okay. Well, probably. That's pretty pretty yeah. Disney Plus. I don't yeah. see them doing a lot of hard uh, content. Oh no, they've directly said they won't. They're saying the max rating is going to be PG thirteen, and it's not going to be like edgy PG thirteen, like The Dark Knight or anything. Or it's going to be. <laughs> Wait, that might be. Say, that might be R. Robin said, "Fuck." Oh, that's true. He did. Crazy. He said, 
they're like, what do you what do you think of no? What do you say? They're like, oh, where's Batman? He's like, you know what? He said, fuck he, he Batman. Said, he said, yeah, he said, fuck Batman. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to watch Titans. What? There's a new season of Titans next week. I don't want to watch it. Don't make Listen, me. Listen, Titans. You hate me for this, but that is my favorite goddamn show. <laughs> I think it is absolutely ridiculous. I cannot wait for them to have another season of bullshit. Did you watch Doom Patrol? No, I haven't because I don't have the DC universe. Doom Patrols. Thing. Doom Patrol's actually a good. Ch- what you're talking about, Teen Titans or Titans? Oh, Titans. I, I Titans, I Titans. like in a in an ironic way. You watched all of Titans, but you don't have the DC app. Did you steal Titans? No, it was on. Uh, so it was on like an international Netflix, and I just used a VPN. Oh, you were okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Doom Patrol's actually a good show. I'll 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 give you my login so you can watch Doom Patrol all right. if you want. Cool, uh, yeah. So they're yeah, they're doing PG thirteen stuff, and then there's also a bunch of Marvel shows. They they talked about all the stuff we know about, but they announced three new Marvel shows. Okay, ready for sure. it? First one, Ms. Marvel, the Kamala Khan version. Oh shit! She's a young Pakistani uh, <coughs> Muslim American girl. Uh, she lives in Jersey City. That's dope. I um, she doesn't get too much love in the comics, so I think it's nice. Oh, no, she gets a. I mean, she gets a lot. They made her an Avenger, and her comic books. No, sold very I mean, well, like so. she's doing stuff, but her in in terms of her stories, I feel like none of them have really been too much of standouts. Like I feel like her character's given a lot to do, but and it, it kind of goes with I the rest she... of Marvel comics. They just aren't selling that well. Stories aren't really getting off shelves yeah. like they used to. But if they um, give her kind Marvel's... of like a show, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, her first run was very popular. Like, that first run, people adore it for a good reason. It's a very good, it's a very good comic book. Okay. Um, but, not to get too off track, but uh, Marvel's actually outselling DC on some titles. What? Yeah. Uh, incre- the uh, Immortal Hulk outsold Batman for the first time. Oh, it's shit. It's the first time anyone's outsold Batman, like, ever. And I've heard really good things about the Immortal Hulk, too. Yeah, and I I can tell you why that uh, Batman got outsold by Immortal Hulk. It's because uh, uh, the current writer of Batman does he's he had a bad idea for a story. Is he the one who started off the whole Night of Owls thing? Uh no, that's Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder is incredible. Okay. This is the guy who took over from Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder's writing Justice League right now, and he's doing a lot of really cool stuff there. So, uh, so read that, but. Yeah, so this the guy who took over from Scott Snyder, his name is Tom King, and I read his first or the first like two volumes of his Batman arc, and it's just so goddamn boring. <laughs> God like damn it. it's so fucking boring. And it's so I feel Batman like Batman's hard to he make made, boring. He made Batman a Deus Ex Machina where just like there's nothing Batman can't do. Ever. Oh. And like Scott Snyder's Batman's kind of OP. But he also gets the shit kicked out of him. Like, Court of Owls is an all-time iconic comic run, in my opinion. Yeah, I really liked that run. And it, it, it was a great way. It was the first run of that in the New 52. And it was a great way to, like, give you an idea of what the new Batman is like. It was one of the and... few good runs in the New 52, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough comic stuff. But, yeah, uh, Batman Yeah, Batman got outsold. So Marvel is actually doing a lot better. But, okay. Uh, Comics in general just don't sell well. I'm pretty surprised. I mean, regardless, I'm pretty surprised they're going in this direction. Though I feel like I, I wonder if some of these announcements announcements have been a bit tr- them trying to buffer the uh, not really even negative news, but just the talk about Spider-Man leaving in general. 
Um, I don't. I think like there had been rumors of Ms. Marvel being some steps in production for the past good year. Like you can find stuff where you're like, oh, this person might be attached to run a Ms. Marvel movie or something. So like. They'd been tossing Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk and Moon Knight, which were the other shows they announced. They'd been tossing those around. Fucking Moon the Knight. The Spider- <laughs> I know who that is. That's the, why I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> the Spider-Man news, I bet they had some idea of what they were going to talk about Spider-Man, but then it fell apart. Like, they might have had... We don't know exactly when the, the deal fell apart, but mm-hmm. my bet is... If they were going to announce more movies, they might have wanted to announce a new Spider-Man or, like, say, hey, Spider-Man's going to be in this movie. Yeah, put Spider-Man in everything. (laughs) Yeah. The movies panel, all they did was they announced new cast members for Eternals and then a date for Black Panther 2. That's it. Wow. That's that's definitely different from the typical panels you see where they're, like, timeline and it's, like, fucking five years out and they have a logo for everything. So I think they're now going more, like... The root of, okay, few movies, few TV shows, come back next year. Yeah. Okay. And I think they I think they just, they just don't want to blow everything. I, I don't think they want to blow their spot up too much because they're not, like, leading up to a crossover. It's like, here's their next few years of movies. And they also have a lot more because they have movies and TV shows. That's true. Before they were still, even when they were doing all that, it was still kind of, like, building that whole idea of a connected universe. Now I feel like at this point... It's it's just so assumed, and you really don't need any fanfare to throw any character into any property for any reason, just because of the world they've created. I'm really excited about Kamala Khan, though. Like, you know, there's there's always the people, there's always the reactionary pieces of shit out there. But like, this is a genuinely popular character who Ms. Marvel forever was Carol Danvers. Then they made her Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So now Ms. Marvel, only two people have ever really been Ms. Marvel in the comics. It has been Carol and Kamala. So who else are you going to do if you want to do a show about young girls she's the one because she's a good character yeah and it's not like they're it's not like the ms marvel comics sold terribly and nobody liked it no like it was a very popular very well acclaimed comic book so it makes very good business sense to have a character who's been proven to work when who's been proven to work in the comics and people like when they buy the comics to put that on your streaming show that is targeted and this is important for children Mm -hmm. and then they've also found from like into the spider-verse that people will go out and see a movie even if for some reason even if the hero in it is vastly different from maybe the original hero a little bit and in this case not so much just because i feel like captain uh captain marvel has never really had the societal impact that spider-man has had in terms of like people in the mainstream knowing about her uh but even so i i think it's 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 definitely a sign that they're trying to they're open to trying these different things we might have a lot more new ips especially now that the was it phase four we were in that ended yeah we're no we're in phase four we're in phase four okay so now that this is starting and it's after that kind of trilogy of phases that was really just one big story when you think about it they might be starting yeah. to build up that new team uh, with all these new IPs, and they have the yeah. money to do a lot more than they did last time. Like I can, I can foresee them getting in like a ton new, a ton of new heroes. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they go because like Moon Knight, <coughs> Moon Knight's a. I'm curious to see how they're gonna handle it because Moon Knight, Moon Knight's fucking bizarre, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Moon Knight? I, here, 
Here's what I need from the Moon Knight comic book. Okay. For, from the Moon Knight movie. Yeah. So, you know, Blade is also going to be at some point in Phase 4 with Mahershala. Yeah. Um, which means vampires are in the MCU. Okay? Mm-hmm. You following me? Okay, yeah. So... Uh, there's a comment. There's a very famous panel of Moon Knight. Even if you don't know who Moon Knight is, you've probably seen this panel. It is Moon Knight walking down the steps of a castle, mm-hmm. and he says, "I know you're in here, Dracula, you giant nerd. Where's my <laughs> goddamn money?" <laughs> oh my god! Oh my so, god! Because vampires are in the MCU. Uh-huh. Maybe Dracula's there. In some stories, Blade was made of a half vampire because of Dracula. Okay. Are, are we are we looking so, into a possible Moon Knight Blade crossover here? I mean, it could happen because Moon Knight's a supernatural hero too. So that's like a very natural crossover. Who, you know, like, do they? Whichever one comes first. Like, if if uh, Blade comes out before the Moon Knight show. Maybe we'll see Mahershala pop up as Moon in the Moon Knight show, and they'll go hunt Dracula to get his goddamn money. Fucking, that'd be fucking amazing, dude. Do they have um someone slated to play Moon Knight? No, they have. They have, there's no casting or even showrunners announced for any of the three shows they announced. Oh wow. Uh, the I I I brought up the panel because there's this guy uh who's one of these reactionary pieces of shit uh who. He said, there's a Moon Knight show, but I'm not excited because Marvel's probably just going to announce that Moon Knight's going to be played by a black trans woman. And (laughs) first of all, says a lot what you need to know about this guy, that he thinks casting a black trans woman automatically is a bad thing. I, (laughs) you so clearly just have a problem with, okay. Like, I hear this so much. Yeah. 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 They're going to cast a black trans woman as Moon Knight's like. Then Moon Knight's a black trans woman in that. That's a universe. It's re- that's a different. <sighs> it's a different universe. That's who it they're is. They're gonna cast who they're. They're gonna cast someone good. They're gonna cast someone who they think can make money. No one really gives a shit about as much of. I don't know. The only people who gives as much as much of a shit about like the race and that that sort of thing about those characters and like that mattering are the people complaining mm-hmm. about it. No one up top yeah. for a second. Is thinking, oh, Kamala Khan's gonna be really beneficial to the Pakistani. Like, <laughs> like they don't care. Yeah, it's a cynical decision. Hey, we have a streaming service for kids. How many young superheroes do we have who aren't Spider-Man that have also shown to ha- be popular? Oh, one. Put her in. Yeah. <sighs> God. So yeah, I, I brought it up. So someone captioned his YouTube video where that was the caption of like what he said, and it was one of the lefty YouTubers I follow, and he said, "Oh yeah, everyone knows all these black trans women getting prominent roles in Hollywood, especially Disney movies. Am I right?" <laughs> yeah, and then someone took that Moon Knight Dracula one, but they replaced the words and says, "I know you're in here, Hollywood, you giant nerd. <laughs> Where's my goddamn black trans woman?" <laughs> That's what we all want. Is, is, is I've been I've been screaming it on the rooftops for years, Sam. Yeah. I'm happy it's finally finally possibly happening. In the Moon Knight show, I'm not gonna say Moon Knight should definitely be because the character is one of those characters who's like he's sort of like Batman and Cyborg and most of the Green Lanterns were like. He doesn't need to be the race he's usually portrayed as. It's not that like, significant nothing... to his character. Yeah, like Mark Spector is a mercenary. Uh, mercenaries can be any color. His name is fucking Mark Spector. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> I I love yeah. it. Again, like yeah, it's like with Cyborg. Cyborg, 
not really like he's sort of a token black character like i'm glad he exists but he's never had like a prominent racial oppression story that like cements his identity as a black hero <clears throat> unlike someone like a static shock or a black lightning or a black panther obviously yeah um and to a point not every single like person of color in a comic needs to have that um and yeah. i think his thing the main thing with him and the main thing that you could you could kind of attribute to that possibly would be his involvement with the Teen Titans and being able to get along with a team who, was, who were all very different. But even that wasn't yeah. as, like, much of a, oh, he's a black person, that's the focus of this. Yeah. Like, I think you could cast a white guy or an Asian guy or whatever as Cyborg because the character doesn't really demand it in the same way that a Black Lightning does. Because Black Lightning, his whole thing is about cleaning up rough streets and helping kids. Yeah. If you watch the if you watch the Black Lightning CW show, uh, but like we're getting sidetracked. But like for me, like when you create a character, I think you should just spin a wheel on gender, spin a wheel on race. That's your character. Mm-hmm. If you want, but if you want to do, and that's it's fine. Like you made a token diverse character, or if you spin white man, then fine. But if you want to do a diverse character, make sure it's your story to tell. But, like, Kamala Khan, you could not cast a white girl as Kamala Khan. Her story is unique to the Pakistani immigrant experience. Yeah, you couldn't cast a white person as Light Turner in the uh, live-action Death Note. Oh, wait. <laughs> I, I guess you might. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like someone, someone like Kamala Khan, like, her... Her motivation is sort of like she has a large – unlike most superheroes who have like a small family, she has a big immigrant fa- – not too big, but like she has like a, a fairly large immigrant family that she has to hide her powers from. Uh, she has conflicts with her with her faith where her sister wears a shawl over her head, but she doesn't, stuff like that. So you can't cast a white person as Kamala Khan because the character – the Pakistani immigrant side and the Muslim side are who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. Anyway. That's why it's fine if you cast a black trans woman as Moon Knight, mm-hmm. which is not going to fucking happen. They won't anyway. do it. <laughs> don't yeah. don't worry. Person who screamed about that, it's not happening. <laughs> don't don't worry. It's, don't you worry your little head. You It'll be like shit. Brad Pitt or uh, someone. <laughs> and then, as we all know, um, they erased the Hulk from the MCU for the She-Hulk show. Oh my god! I can't even finish that sentence. Yeah, the She-Hulk. How dare they? Ca- how dare they do a show about that extremely popular twenty-plus-year-old character? Those damn SJWs. Why are people? I don't know the. I know the answer to the question. There's not. There's no point asking. <laughs> okay, so She-Hulk is a show. Uh, no one's. No one's slated for casting yet. I assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the, the superhero. Uh, she's a lawyer, so people are thinking maybe it's going to be like a superhero procedural. She's also a very all Kevin like, Feige... fourth wall breaky character as well. Yeah, she, yeah. All Kevin Feige said it's going to be unlike anything they've ever done before. But it'll be Deadpool. That <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll just be Deadpool. And I'm here for it. Whatever. I I stand. Yeah, they have a lot more to play with in the MCU. <clears throat> yeah. Do you, so, so wait. Fun. What is happening with Deadpool, anyways? I told I said it last week, but his production is now handled by Marvel, so everyone's just thinking the next Deadpool movie is going to be PG thirteen. Oh, because Kevin Feige is now overseeing all Fox superhero properties, including Deadpool. All right, so well, we got what we got. Uh, <laughs> I would like Deadpool to be Deadpool three to be rated R or X Force or whatever, or like an X Force Hulu show that's rated R. Mm-hmm. But no, we won't get it. Yeah, they're spending just a ton of money. Mm-hmm. specifically to attract nerds 
to build on top of the guaranteed base of families this service is going to have. I don't think this service is ever – I think the service is going to be profitable for them from day one. Yeah. No, after hearing about all this and then really, like, thinking critically about just how much they already own and then, like we were talking about last week, <clears throat> they're going to be buying back a bunch of stuff. If they don't have it right now, they'll have it in a few months. I would say within a year, it might be starting to brush up against Netflix in terms of, like, a, every household having it. I don't think you're going to see, like – anyone hit netflix's current level i think no. every i think netflix is gonna take a big hit but it's gonna stabilize they've been around no a while ever... they've been doing this way longer yeah yeah whoever becomes the next king of the streaming mountain they're not going to hit where netflix is at right now but what we Everyone's might see gonna... as a reaction to this and what i would be really happy to see is finally some just like quality of life improvements to netflix's ui and functionality um because they may want i think they may be more pressed now to actually improve things because they i think they've what been using the same exact ui for the past year or something and they only update like one thing a year or something even when you go back to when they launched streaming the ui is not fundamentally different so yeah they're gonna have to clean it like we we talked about this a while ago but like features are Features innovation only usually happens when there's an even playing field. The Apple Music Spotify comparison mm-hmm. both have different features, but they have the same catalog. Um, but I think you are right that Netflix, because the Disney Plus UI, because the library is just smaller, is apparently way easier to just just way easier to navigate. Sure. From people who've uh, got to use it at D23, I think we will see Netflix try to do something to change their UI up. Which would be nice, and then you know. Also, they announced features-wise uh, for Disney Plus, they're going to have uh, it's going to be seven dollars a month, as we already know. But mm-hmm. you're going to get 4K at launch for for no extra charge. I think I saw. I I think I saw 4K HDR. Yeah, yeah, 4K HDR, and I think Atmos too, um, for no extra charge for the base price, and you get four simultaneous streams. So you know. If you and your podcast co-host wanted to share a subscription, you, in theory, could. Mm-hmm. If only I had one of those. Yeah, a, that'd be a, weird. A, a podcast, that is. <laughs> <laughs> this is just us talking in private. Yo, by the way, now that I mention it, Sam, you always have me clicking record on this uh, on this little app here and sending you like a like a file of some sort. What's what's going on with that? What's that being used for? I'm deep faking your voice so I can frame you for a murder I'm going to commit. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks for being honest. Oh yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> That's basically Disney Plus. It's coming. Oh boy, November twelfth. I'm so excited. The Mandalorian streaming on day one, along with High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> that one. That one might be my favorite, just in terms of trying to wrap my head around who. You, you know what this feels like? It feels like something created by fucking Zach Galifianakis. Who thought that? Okay. Well, we'll wait till it's out. <laughs> <laughs> watch it be the best show watch it be like the best pieces of children's entertainment ever made i just don't like, know what it's it supposed kicks to be zach and cody how is it for it children? just kicks zach and cody's ass so that so, was that was our first uh, bit today <laughs> yeah speaking of streaming services netflix they've mm, been around for a while they have and we we watched their latest sacrificial lamb to the gods of cancellation <laughs> is it canceled <sighs> It's not canceled yet. I just know it's going to get canceled. I The promise is so just, sad when They it make does. so many goddamn shows. And at the beginning that was just to fill the library, but now it's become like 
fucking every single show is a Netflix original, and they all suck. And sometimes I think they're copies of each other. Like, I feel like sometimes they curate shows, and I'm like, this is just the same show you already made earlier. Anyways. There's that, there's that. There's that hot boy, uh, Noah Centineo or whatever his name is, Fucking who has like who? four identical rom-coms on Netflix. <laughs> that hot boy. <laughs> that's that's how you know him as? He's he's a hot boy. All right. He's gonna... That's it. I'll take your word for it, Sam. He has four yes. romantic comedies? That is rolling on in Netflix. Dough. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, not a lead in, he's not the lead in all of them, but he is in all of them. All right, that's still a deal. Someone yeah. he has a good manager, that guy. Or uh, I don't know, he like has some dirt on Ted Sarandos, <laughs> the head of content at Netflix. Put me in random romantic comedies. <laughs> they have a bunch. So Mindhunter, baby, season one, I fucking loved. Real season good. two, I could not wait for. And uh, spoilers, I loved season two as well. I spoilers, I also really really liked season two. That would be that would be yeah. me. I don't know if I could say. I think I, I loved season one more. We'll get into it in a bit, but I, I really like the season still. Here's why I'm mad. Well, before we get into that, so like <clears throat> I think I said this the last time we talked about Netflix, but I think Netflix is shooting themselves in the foot because as they get quote-unquote competition that we've gone over why these services aren't really competitors, Yeah. as they get more services popping up, they are going to have to compete for content makers as well. And... If I am a showrunner and I have the choice between going to HBO Max or Hulu or Netflix for my show, uh, Netflix, if I have a five-season outline for my show mm-hmm. and Netflix is not going to share any data with me about how my shows – because it's fine if you have a five-season outline but nobody watches it. The thing is Netflix sure. doesn't share data at all, even with their creators, and their showrunners really fucking hate them for it. So – it seems like a ridiculous practice. David Fincher wants Mindhunter to go for five seasons. He is an incredible filmmaker, one of my favorite filmmakers. But you're going to p- really take the chances and piss off David Fincher by canceling his show? You know he could make a movie for you or something like that. Don't you want to keep David Fincher happy? So it, they're in a predicament where like, I get why they're canceling shows that don't do amazing, but keep shows around that do well because you want to keep your content makers happy because soon they're going to be all you have. But if you get a reputation for the place that's going to cancel you after two seasons, even if your show does well, no one's going to want to work with you unless yeah. you're their last choice. We used to talk about it. Um, I think we I think we talked about it on one of the earlier podcasts, but Netflix used to be like you used to say Netflix and you would think, OK, Netflix House of Cards, uh, you have Orange is the New Black, um, and and a few other things. But basically, when you thought of Netflix, there were these few standouts that people always said, oh, okay, that'll make me buy the service. But right now, they are really scrambling to find anything to keep them afloat, like in, in terms of like something to be known for. And I agree with you. I feel like the constant closing down of stuff that doesn't do amazing, rather than letting it kind of grow into something that could be really good, is probably hurting them in the long run. Yeah, they have all these shows that are doing well, but they don't have any other blockbuster shows other than Stranger Things. Yeah. So they're hoping The Witcher is going to be their next blockbuster show, and we we talked about that. But <laughs> Mindhunter is not a blockbuster show, and I don't, I'm don't. i sure it did well, but I don't think it's going to do amazing. So that's why I'm afraid it's going to get canceled, which is really sad because I really like this season because it covered my hometown. Sorry, our hometown <laughs> of Atlanta. That's right. We're both from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. No one, 
No, I I, I love uh, Atlanta. The nat the uh, the state the food uh, the Atlanta bread and the state flower the at the 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 red the the re- the real red rose. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so <laughs> yeah, I'll. Last season, uh, it's, the show is about the founding of the behavioral science unit at the FBI and where the FBI is like, hey, what if instead of locking all these mass murderers up, we, like, try to figure out what made them do it so Rick, that we could – Gay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> yeah, what, are you then, trying uh, to understand to... things? <laughs> And then uh, all about, they talked to a bunch of cops about it, and all the cops gave the FBI agents wedgies. Mm-hmm. It was real fun. Really, really yeah. showed them what for. But when they weren't getting wedgies, they were – most of the show, it's a show about serial killers that doesn't show serial killing. No. And <clears> – <throat> yeah. Which and I it's like. it's all just them – it's all just them sitting down with these, uh, with these serial killers and talking to them and just saying, hey, what's going on here, buddy? How you doing? The, my favorite part about this show, and I, I really noticed it this season, even more than last a bit, was just how awesome it is to get these kind of one-time actors to really mold themselves to real-life individuals and just try their hardest to pursue the exact feeling that they thought that they would get um, from from these interviews, essentially. Because I, I feel like for a lot of these, sometimes the interviews are public. Sometimes they're kind of just going off of, like, footage they see in court or stuff or anything. But the um, – what's the word for it? The the, the acting it, – it's that thing that Jared Leto did when he was being really annoying for Suicide Squad. Method acting. Yeah, the method acting. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was used in this, but I, I definitely – it definitely felt like it was. Just because these these actors really became every single one of the killers that was presented. Yeah, I think my favorite interviews in season two are Son of Sam and Manson. Yes, Son of Sam was was one of my favorites as well. Uh, I really liked the, uh, not I, I liked Manson. I think he was really good. Um, I don't. I think I liked him more than what was represented even in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Though I'm not sure if he showed up in that one. I think it's the same actor in both. That must be why. I, I thought I recognized him. Anyways, I think he did a yeah. really good job of presenting that type of personality. I almost more liked the Tex one, even though it wasn't as uh, kind of, you know, out there and big. It was really subdued and really small. Uh, not not small, but like there, there wasn't there wasn't too much going on, but he really chewed scenery well. I thought his pauses were really good. And I think it's kind of almost harder to be that sort of that sort of character. So I thought that was pretty impressive. And then also nice. there was the interview that happened, and this just might be part of David Fincher's directing style. One, not all the interviews are with serial killers. One of them was with uh, a victim who had been shot in the face several times. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, and and that scene yeah. having the the camera never quite focusing on him, having his face always just a little bit out of view, having as like they're talking, there's the railroad going above them, and it starts getting louder and louder and louder. I was like, this is really impressive. The pacing yeah, is like, great. It, it's one of my favorite things about the show that, but it's also one of my favorite things to get canceled. It's such a slow burn. Like season one is just about them developing their methodology. Yeah. And it's and, not even complete at this point, really. Yeah. And season two, they have, they have a bit more of a grip. They get an FBI, the new FBI director, by the way, 
so great. Not, not the director, but the the guy who oversees Quantico mm-hmm. loved him. Uh, he was, <laughs> but like they they have a guy who believes in them. He's going to give them funding, and th- so they start to develop this methodology, and it's building towards uh, the string of child murders mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Yes. And I, I say it that way because I grew up in Atlanta, as Calvin did, of, of course. Because I did. Atlanta, famous for our la- large corns that we have. Nope. Nope. <laughs> famous for... I know, I got this. I got this, Sam. Famous for our hockey team, the Atlanta... The, nope. the Atlanta best guys. <laughs> We famously shrugged when we found out our hockey team was going bankrupt. Oh, fuck. Here's a funny story. So our hockey team was called the Atlanta Thrashers. Okay. And uh, when it was just, it was, I forget when it was, but like 2000 something, uh, we have a new mayor, a man by the name of Kasim Reed, who went on to do a couple crimes, (laughs) so we don't like him anymore. (laughs) But one of the first things he had to do as mayor Uh was was face the fact that we were going to lose the Atlanta Falcons because no one was going to the game. The Atlanta Falcons or the Atlanta Thrashers? Sorry, the Atlanta Thrashers. We were going to lose the Thrashers because no one was going to the games. And Kasim Reed gets on TV. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, guys, we got to get attendance up at these games or I'm going to have to sell the thrashers. <clears throat> and the city collectively went, do it. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> Try us, So bitch. we sold the Atlanta thrashers to Winnipeg. And they are now the Winnipeg Jets. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Something to really be that proud is... of. Yeah, we don't have a hockey team and we don't care. No, But, but you know what? We're Atlanta strong, Sam. You and I both. Yep. Brothers. Yep. <laughs> from the 404. Yeah. Well, I'm actually from the 405, but, you know, that's just that's just down the road or up the river or around the corner or it's in a different city. I think it's a different city. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got, it, got it eventually. So, this was notable to me because I spent my entire life in Atlanta, as did Calvin, mm-hmm. obviously. 100%. Entire life. And at no point... Growing up in Atlanta, did I know there was a string of child murders <laughs> where no yeah. one knew what was going on? Just black kids were disappearing and turning up dead. That, ah, uh, the funny thing. No, not the funny thing. The interesting thing about this is right before I watched this series, I had just finished, and I had no idea that this was in it. But I just finished the, uh, I don't know if it's a BBC or it might have been a different group, but there was a entire podcast about the, it's, it was Monster, that podcast Monster. Yeah, it was yeah. about the Atlanta killers. Yeah, yeah I was going to mention, yeah, Atlanta, I haven't listened to it, but I heard about it, and I think I heard like a trailer, but then I was, it, it like f- passed my mind, and then they're like, yeah, the Atlanta child murders, Atlanta child murders, but I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, and the whole, the, the big, one of the big focuses of the podcast is like, yeah, if you take out the word black from all of these reports, it sounds fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and not that it, it doesn't with that word in, but I feel like a lot of people immediately take that context and there's a certain amount of, oh, you know, well, they were probably causing trouble or these things happen. Or maybe you just devalue it by having that adjective present. But it's it's really disappointing and 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 really kind of sad in in a similar way to 
uh, the another thing that we just watched, the Chernobyl story, where it's just a bunch of people ignoring a clear problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah they did a really good job of talking about the politics of mm-hmm. it like there is stuff they did cover stuff that i did know about like so maynard jackson he was the first uh, one of the first black mayors in the south mm-hmm. and the first black mayor of atlanta ever uh fun fact after post the civil rights movement all atlanta mayors have either been jewish or black there were there were two jews wow but then after that all black so we're doing a good job every once every time we have a mayoral election some white some white ladies like i should be the mayor of the black city and everyone says go away man everyone chants lock her up <laughs> they just they misrelate oh you're the other one yeah no i know someone who ran for mayor of atlanta white man i love him and i love his family uh i'm very good friends with his daughter mm-hmm. uh but the mayor of atlanta should not be a white person <laughs> that, that might it. send a mixed message to the uh high population of People who aren't white in Atlanta, yeah, yeah. who it, which is most of them. So definitely, is it? You know, I mean, I know this. I li- I am from I, there. I live there currently. Yeah, where I'm yeah, at. you exactly out of Atlanta right now. If I I'm gonna look out the window, I tell you what I see. I see the uh, Space Needle, native to Atlanta. Nope. I uh, nope. I see the not the Eiffel Tower, but the one that looks like the Eiffel Tower. What is it called? Oh, the Japanese Tower, nope. also native nope. to nope. Atlanta. Nope. And uh, of course, there's a Lake Erie. <laughs> So, you know, I, I I know my area. <laughs> Maynard Jackson's big thing was he did want to build the Atlanta airport. And uh, mm-hmm. if you saw that viral, there's that viral tweet uh, a while ago. Uh, the weirdest brand loyalty I have is to the Atlanta airport. Anytime I hear someone make fun of that, do you mean the busiest airport in the world servicing more than 900,000 <laughs> flights a year? <laughs> do you mean this very impressive airport? Really? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was Maynard Jackson's airport. Uh, it's, it's named after him, Hartsfield Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hartsfield was another mayor of Atlanta, obviously. Um, obviously, I know this. You don't need to tell me this, Sam. Of course, <laughs> as a resident of Atlanta. Being from Atlanta. Being in Atlanta, yeah. Sam, watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- they do a great job of like showing – I don't know if the podcast covered this too, but like, the, the political implications surrounding this and like letting you know why everyone wanted to – pretend this didn't exist but mm-hmm. then once they couldn't pretend it didn't exist anymore why they were very eager to get it over with as soon as they could yeah it's the biggest it, it, it was very much a a race issue and then almost also a non-racist issue there were a lot of different layers to why they didn't want this showing what i mean part of it was just you don't want any bad business going on going on while this guy has just taken over a lot of it was if it turns out that they're looking for a black person that doesn't look good for atlanta and then the the woman who initially gets uh, Holden's assistance brought up another good point later on, which is that, of course, you're looking for a black person. You guys are always looking for a black person, <laughs> even though you're yeah. using all of this science to kind of get to that point. It just it, yeah. it's hard to convince this community that that choice is based off of anything but racism. Yeah, and this is like where you're still not that far removed from Emmett Till, which was a black boy getting murdered by white men. Yeah. So there's a reason for people to have believed that it wasn't the way they were pushing. And I'm just talking in terms of the show, not in terms of the actual event. Um, but they, they really they made it convincing that these guys really have to fight for this methodology they've created, which in and of itself is still very much in an infancy. Yeah. And they do and 
so I, I did research into this because, again, I didn't know there were child murders in my hometown of Atlanta, where Calvin is also from. Uh, and <laughs> I love, I love I how we keep ticking that on, <laughs> just just yeah. so people know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I, I, I did the research into it, and the, the show does touch on, very, towards the end, when they finally catch the guy, mm-hmm. they do touch on evidence of this guy just probably killed these two people uh but and we can't pin any of the other murders on him and oh look we have these threads of evidence that could lead to the guy who actually killed a bunch of the kids but because again the political situations of it became a federal case uh maynard jackson and his people really wanted to get this thing out of the way so that they could start trying to sell atlanta as a business capital again which by the way worked mm-hmm. I'll, let, I'll have you know oh yeah good job Good job, Mr. Mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you tell him. All, because of all this stuff, they're like, well, we can only charge him with these two, but we think he did the others, and just take our word for it. Yeah. It, and that and justice has never been done. No. Uh, it's kind of terrifying when you, when you think about it, because that means that there is a small lick of a chance that some dude just killed a bunch of kids, got away from it for so long, and then just stopped and might do it again, I don't know, later? Yeah. Like, next and week? Like, the guy definitely acted like a, like a murderer. Yeah. Holy <laughs> but shit. But <laughs> the show does a good job of being like, he probably didn't kill the kids, but he almost 100% killed these guys he threw off the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Mo- most definitely. And his... It, it, it's like the weirdest case of wrong place, wrong time, where he's guilty... But <laughs> he's still in the wrong place at the wrong time because they wanted to pin child murders on him, not adult murders. Yeah. And then this whole th- the whole thing with his personality, too. They really clinch on to the fucking sociopathy of these people in terms of him just being able to, as soon as he's, like, questioned by the FBI, put in the back of a police truck, and then given all of this attention, he then, like, drives over to the mayor's house and has, like, the callous to fucking honk his horn and scream at him from the street because he's just so convinced that he's going to get away with this. Yeah. That was, that was amazing. Did that, do you, did you do research to find out if that specific event had actually happened? I can't remember it. Did they mention it in the podcast? Uh, they mentioned he did a lot of that sort of stuff. He was very callous the entire time. It was clear that That he never thought he was going to be caught. So that might've been just like a, Hey, look at that! Just might have been like a representation of all the crazy shit he did. Yeah. Which I Worst, think it was yeah. pretty. From, from that, it, yeah, it was pretty accurate. He he was doing that level of shit the the whole time, pretty much up until yeah. the end. I I really want to listen to the podcast because it was cool, like watching the show. I love where you know they're building this methodology, and this this new FBI guy clearly wants them to start testing it in the real world. And then all of a sudden, this case from my hometown that I never knew about just pops up. And that's the first time that they got to – did they mention the behavioral science unit in the podcast? Um, I don't know if they referred to that in name. Uh, specifically, I will say when I was listening to the podcast, I wasn't – my mind wasn't in, like, Mindhunter mode at all. Um, so I don't know if they would have mentioned that or not. I, I wonder if the significance of this group was overplayed at all uh, in the show. yeah. Um, it might have. It might have been like you, you all have to take it with a grain of salt. It just it, it is. It does make for good drama, though. Oh no, absolutely. We're not going. I, I don't think either of us are really going into this show assuming a hundred percent historical accuracy with this. 
yeah, like I have no idea if their interview with if they ever interviewed Charles Manson or if they actually if that interview went as crazy as it did. Yeah, or if we're hearing a transcript of that actual interview itself or any of the other interviews. And even if they're a little changed, I think the the real gist of the show is just that what these people were doing in general was unheard of and very odd. No one thought that there was yeah. any significance to people killing multiple people at all. That just wasn't they're just murderers, you know. There's nothing special about them. So yeah. I think that's really interesting. And I think, like, yeah, it's, like, one of the best things it does. Like, they're applying this methodology. Like, it probably has to be a black man because uh, because black kids probably aren't going to trust a white guy. <laughs> when that dude tried to <laughs> – when he was talking to the kids trying to get him in the car, they're like, take your dick out. <laughs> <laughs> the woman oh, yeah, started yelling guy, at him. When the white guy – The fuck the you want? Tried to do. <laughs> what are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here. I forget that agent's name, but he's such a putz. He, oh, God, he really got the, I, I, I kind of sympathize with him a little bit, especially this show, especially in this season, when I feel like he's given a little bit more to do and we're shown he's not a complete idiot necessarily. Um, He's not that smart either, <laughs> but yeah. he, he really so gets shat you, on this sh- in this season. Let's talk in the, let's talk about the main cast though. So what did you think of, I think Ford had a, he was, he was a more major character, but like he because he and his girlfriend are broken up now, yeah. uh, they don't have – he didn't have, like, much of a personal life to talk about. <clears throat> it was very much about the, the cases for him. Well, it was and also I because – it was also about um, his reaction to that uh, Ed Kemper incident at the end of season one where he, yeah. he has the panic attack and he's dealing with that for about three episodes. And then, like, yeah, halfway through the season, it doesn't really seem to be infecting him in any significant way except for that one time – that his boss told him he was a pussy in his front yard and he fucking had a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. Other other than that, that plot line is kind of brought up and dropped. You honestly could have... There was absolutely no sort of reaction or uh, effect of him breaking up with his girlfriend, really, in this season. In terms of yeah. like the way he's written or anything that he does. And that's fine, because that was just a plot thread that I don't think really worked for his character anyways. Um, I found and, him a lot more interesting in this season, personally. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot better as like a, as sort of a, not an audience, he's a lot better, more like a main character, who's like sort of like your typical TV cop who <clears throat> doesn't really have a personal life, they're just there to do the cases, and then they put the personal stuff on, on uh, uh, Bill Tench yeah. and uh, Dr. Wendy, Yeah, and... I thought their stuff was great. Let's talk about Wendy's because Bill's was like the biggest part. Yeah, Wendy's uh, was uh, it, it, it was good. I thought it, it ended kind of abruptly, but it, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So she kind of gets into this mindset where it's clear she's become very comfortable with the team. And I have a feeling part of the push for the story was actually having her, in a sense, reveal more about her personal life to the team. They're just not very reciprocal in terms of receiving it. I don't think yeah, they take like, it in a negative sense necessarily, but it's sort of brushed off in an uncomfortable way. And I think Ford and Tench probably trust her to do interviews, but it's yeah. the, again the they're, they're the new FBI head. He loves the team, but he's like, Wendy, you should be a secretary and transcribe things. That's where we need you here. Yeah, that new FBI and she guy. Still, and she still has to be closeted around them to the point where even when she uses her actual experience, romantic experience, to grill a. Uh, to grill an inmate 
they don't believe it just because you know it's it's that era where it's like what gay who what are you talking and about? that was really telling for because i feel like if that happened now it would immediately be like either one oh i i hate you and don't like you or two oh that's interesting I don't think anyone in today's age would have the reaction of literally, oh, that must be made up because it's so fantastical. But back then, yeah. you're right. It just wasn't her. It was just wasn't thought of. There just wasn't a thing that yeah. probably people thought really existed. Or if it did, was deviancy, not like love. And she even yeah. has like a, a line in in the show at some point. They say like, oh, he might he might have been like a, a, a sexual this or that. And then she said, oh, that was actually removed from the books. It's now classified as a. <laughs> disorder <laughs> some other and i'm like oh that's so a, much better <laughs> a friendlier classification but still disgusting <laughs> yeah still pretty bad but like I, yeah. her whole thing is that she's started to have this uh the sort of eyes for this bartender that she meets on a on a meeting with holden in in the one time she speaks to holden during this entire season which <laughs> is <And> <laughs> when they go out to a bar and then she never speaks to him again but yeah, she she meets this bartender and then they start to have a relationship. What what did you think of that? I think it was so the the ending is really so like she's come out of this really this not abusive but very controlling relationship. Yeah, and and she thinks oh this is gonna be different because this girl's such so cool and free and free spirited and, and interesting mm-hmm. and. In a way, it's exactly the same. It's different, but it's still at its core exactly the same as her last relationship. Really, and this is her final. Yeah, like her the her, the girl is sort of using her uh, for her own needs. She's not going to let her get near her life because of the weird situation with her kid. She's uh, and she, she sells one image of herself as this free spirited individual, but yet she's uh, just lying about trying to get a, a job even though she intends to be a bartender forever because there's nothing wrong with being a bartender and wendy doesn't care that she wants to be a bartender but then she overhears her talking to her ex-husband and uh she, she puts she's just a person who just like lives under these layers of facade yeah because it's she's too afraid to accept who she really is oh i didn't in, so using i i agree with that i did not interpret it as being necessarily a copy of the previous relationship but it's it's a similar type of abuse where this uh, th- this girl just has this idea of this fantasy life she wants to live. Sure. And using Wendy is just a part of that. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I, I can see that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And then you got Tench, who had the <laughs> fucking craziest arc this season. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tench. Tench. I, I, I want to. Tench needs someone to just like he needs to lay down and have someone give him a back massage. That dude. Yeah. He so I fuck because now I'm thinking about it. the The real crux and this is this is surprisingly skipping a lot, but essentially his son witnesses a murder, um, and from what we know of his son, he's already kind of, you know, not exactly situated. How do I explain this? <laughs> <laughs> well, the son. So there's some. He and his wife's son is adopted. He was in the system for a few years before they got him, which means he had some time to develop without a proper family. Which already that puts you at risk as a child. And in that case, like when you adopt kids who are a certain age, it is suggested you put them in therapy because th- your early years are the most crucial. Like 
ages one to ages zero to five, that's where you get the majority of your personality developed. Yeah. And if you don't have a solid family situation there, even if it's just one parent, if you don't have a solid, consistent, healthy family relationship in those early developmental years, it can cause issues down the line. Now, Mm -hmm. granted, they probably didn't know that around this time in the series. So, but so all Tench has to go off of is his knowledge of how sociopaths and psychopathic mass killers develop, and he sees those patterns in his son. I, I think Tench especially realizes, I don't want to say the flaw in their study, but the the limit of it is that they've come a long way in understanding these people, not in any way in terms of helping these people. Um, so I think for him, a lot of this was him being forced to use all the learning that he's dedicated all this time to, to realize that his son is possibly going down a path without really having uh, the wherewithal or knowledge of how to stop it. Other than like, oh, if I'm just, you know, a good father, if I keep things the same, maybe this will go away. And at one point he says, uh, I think he's talking um, to Wendy. He says to her, uh, uh, you, you know, my, my, my wife, I, I, really, I feel like my wife isn't taking into account that something might be wrong with our son. But in a way, it's kind of like he's not really taking into account something might be seriously wrong with his son. Because he still thinks the best methodology for everything is just to keep shit the same. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he slowly finds out as the show progresses that he is just being pulled way too hard in different directions and, and doesn't have the time like for, for really what he should be doing, which is spending all his time at home trying to figure out how to help his son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and in a sense, he, he's also dealing with the fact that he's just seen Ford go through this crazy experience where we're not sure if Ford's going to be able to be stable on his own during interviews, if he's going to be able to handle handle himself when he's meeting new people. I mean, he fucking fell to pieces in front of his boss. I'm sorry, that scene was very funny. <laughs> when he was in his boss's front yard and his boss just calls him a pussy. <laughs> All right. Um, but but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Tension's story is is fucking. It, it's huge. I haven't even met, haven't even mentioned everything. They set up so much. For season three please don't cancel it uh that's true that maybe that's you know what that, i think that's why i didn't love this season as much but i do understand it i i feel like this season was a lot of setup there's a lot of focus on the child murders but unfortunately even with that it, it was it was mostly a lot of build right the average yeah. episode at one point became tench has trouble with his family uh they discover something new about the child murder they bring someone in, he's the wrong person. And then, like, rinse and repeat. Just just for, yeah. I'd say, like, an episode or two at least. Yeah, and they do a good job of showing the value of it. So, like, they yeah. do round up Klansmen because everyone says, go look at the Klansmen. And the, and, but it shows, like, hey, the Klansmen, yeah, they hate black people and they kill black people. But they could not commit murders in this way in this manner because of this certain type yeah, of profile. They just hate black people, Sam. That's not a crime. <laughs> Maybe it should be. No, but... freedom of thought or speech or feeling or wow, something. Wow, Calvin, you're sounding a lot like a bed bug right now. A fucking what? Are you, oh, you, are, you are you calling me a slur? Sam, as a man from Atlanta, currently in Atlanta, I, I urge you to, to, to tread carefully. All right? My city has programmed me to be very strong and proud of our national song uh 
Atlanta. We are here and live, and we live here. And that's it. All right. That that inspires me and that carries me forward. So I I, I urge you to to tread with care. Okay. That's everything with Mindhunter. Like not everything, everything. We never talk about everything, everything. But again, we don't really talk about just... BD, BTK, though he's still involved. Yeah. Well, PTK is still developing. They spent more time on PTK, but that's. Are I you think saying next PTK? Season, BTK. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I, I think. I think he's going to come in next season, nah. hopefully, if they get a third season. <laughs> if they get a third season, or... he's going to be the he's going to be at the very very end for like 30 he's, seconds. He's just going to choke himself the, on a door again. She's the Thanos of autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Dude, I'm, just just show him. What 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 is this weight with the BD, BTK? Is it like because they're historically going with the fact that BTK was was happening while they were developing and they never really got I think to him he later. might be like the the most prominent case that this unit solved in its early stages is my guess. Fuck, they need to get to it before Netflix cancels them, man. Well, they, they might get canceled. I hope they don't. Don't cancel it, Netflix. It's it, good. And and this goes out to the director. What's his name? David Fincher. David Fincher. If you're listening to this podcast for some bullshit reason and and you get the chance to do season 3, just fucking do it. Just do the BTK because you're not getting a season four. <laughs> let's be I honest. Hope you do get your five seasons, David. But let's be honest. <laughs> let's be real here. Let's just get to it. <laughs> uh, this has been uh, the Culture Vacuum. I've been Calvin. Uh, I've been Samuel. We don't usually do it in that order. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.